Hi, my name is Adebayi Jones. I am a fashion designer and lifestyle entrepreneur. This is my first ever podcast, so it is quite an exciting um, project for me. The title of this um, podcast is A Pursuit of Passion. And the reason for putting this together is to um, encourage those of us out there who probably have had a dream, not had a dream, um, never got a chance to start or to act on it, and they probably feel maybe it's too late to get started um, now. Um, I like to encourage you and share some of my um, journey and experience um, in the pursuit of excellence on my own part and to let you know that it's never too late and to the young as well who are out there dreaming like we've seen so many interviews as well of some of the people that we admire out there the great achievers and they'll tell you how they lived in a small town and they always dreamed you know about maybe fashion or some other subject and you know they still went out and they were able to achieve it so this is titled the pursuit of passion and i like to start off with um, a brief introduction about myself um, i've worked in fashion for many years it's been my lifelong ambition and desire to be a fashion designer to be able to create clothes i would dream when i was young about fashion and designs and I would always have my sketchbook um, and I always wanted to make people look beautiful because I believe that confidence radiates when you look good and you feel good and it adds to how, how much you feel about yourself, your worthiness, how you carry yourself, how you portray yourself. Um, all this is built in the confidence of knowing that you look good and that you know is has been my lifelong ambition to add to the beauty that people already have and then to instill confidence in whoever wears whatever I create so I've always loved fashion it's been my goal my dream um, to design clothes a story resonates time and time again every time that I've been interviewed and it comes back and I think most of the the, the people who have conducted the interviews they would do their research online and they would come up and ask me the same question and the experience that happened when I was about 12 years old um, and I saw this t-shirt in a store very close to where we live and I just looked at this t-shirt and I was captivated and I, I and I ran back home and you know mama mama I, I need some money I want to buy this t-shirt and of course she was like why do you need another t-shirt you've got enough clothes and I said please mama I need to buy this t-shirt so she didn't question me too much she gave me the money to go get it and I came back very excited holding up this t-shirt and it had this really beautiful colors. It was a like a beige oatmeal into oatmeal kind of color tone and, and very colorful print. And on it, it had those words, I'm really famous. 
So looking back at it now, uh, I'm looking maybe in some way I was um, in a sort of way predicting my journey into the world of fashion and the bright lights of entertainment and stuff as it were but you know it, it looks quite strange for them to have been attracted to this t-shirt which says I'm really famous at the age of about 12. Um, in secondary school I would always draw I would have my notes um, I was very good in the arts and subjects um, and I would have my notes and doing like history or geography or whatever. I would be sketching away while taking notes and this. And then we had, um, then we used to have this um, inter-schools um, get-together things. We just got a literary and debating society. And after that, in the midst of it, when the schools got together without fashion shows, and I was always in the midst of that as well, taking part in the fashion shows also and then get into university as well i went in to study history for my first degree and then in the first year um there was a, a competition which was a miss national campus queen competition and a fashion show that was put up and i saw this show and then i knew Without a shadow of doubt, this is what I was going to do for the rest of my life, as it were. I was just captivated. And before I left university, I was already also, um, even though I was studying something completely different and not fashion at that stage, uh, I was already known for designing and for creating clothes and taking part in fashion events and fashion shows and I think the love and the foundation for this journey was already built up from there. Now if you're wondering what period I was talking about, I was talking I went to uni in 1981, um, I left in 85 and then from then on I decided to go and actually enroll in the fashion college at the Central School of Fashion in, in central London and um, enroll um, in fashion and, and actually study fashion. I did get a lot of help initially from my mom who had also studied fashion and she had been a seamstress and she made, you know, I, I watched her grow up making dresses and for my sister and making things for us and for herself as well. And when I was in uni and I, I had left, um, I would ask many questions and she would help me out by showing me how to get um, the ideas that I'd put on paper into miniature patterns. But then I came to myself and I thought um, she was probably not going to be there forever. And also, uh, wherever I found myself, I needed to make sure that I could hold up my own and I knew what I was doing. So that's why I went and I enrolled and we had a, a beautiful, beautiful um, um, principal, Mrs. Wrigley. And she was just amazing and we learned so much and that was a great, great, great foundation. And from then I took on um, internship um, um, opportunities as well on Newborn Street at the 71 Newborn Street then 
at Talala and I learned so much. I saw so much. It was an amazing, you know, foundational period for me in acquiring a lot of knowledge and seeing things outside of what I knew. And at the store, you know, they they had all the international collections from you know Valentino to YSL and stuff that was being stocked and sold in the shop and this also exposed me to see things and to see how things were made and constructed understood more about fabrics and and things and so many things on um, all I'm sharing so far is the foundation of my journey um, into the world of fashion. Now remember then that in this period we didn't have um, any social media so and if you didn't um, have people that could really push you getting out there was quite a bit of um, a challenge. Um, You were known basically um, if maybe you had some good contacts in the press um, through um, newspaper interviews um, and also maybe through prints and magazines and stuff but we, we didn't have any mobile phones or social media or anything so whatever you did was purely organic was established through contacts was writing to editors and calling up and you know pleading basically <laughs> as it were when you were going to be published when your story was going to be used sending all the pictures and prints it was quite an amazing time and it's, I mean, it's a different world from what, you know, we have right here. And that was, and I remember 1999, I got featured in Pride magazine. I think it was being um, um, edited, the editor then I think was Sherry Dixon and she featured me because I, I, I was always intrigued with bridal wear, bridal wear and evening wear and she um, featured me, I think it was about six pages um, in Pride magazine, and that was and that was the issue that had Tyrese, the American singer, on the cover. And what I would do in those times until now, every copy of what I was ever published in, I would go right to the bookstore or to the shops like W. H. Smith, and I'll buy like five fresh copies and keep them. And do you know what? I've got the original copies of these publications I'm talking 1999 till now in the pack on Oakland and that's what I would do even all the newspaper um, publications then and then I got some features in um, New Nation newspapers in the voice newspapers and in in, in so many other um, different publications as well and then um, on the African side um, I got introduced to Ovation newspapers um, and Ovation newspaper, um, Ovation magazine, sorry, and Ovation magazine um, did a feature and that became like the channel by which I became known through um, the African and the West African channels and then I began to do a lot more interviews and then newspapers and I would have double spread interviews and stuff and it, it just went on from there and it's been quite um, a journey it was very organic it was a lot of hard work maintaining contacts um, keeping in touch and writing and calling and 
played him with editors and Ben Pile with all the fashion stylists and those who were in charge of the fashion pages. Anne and I began to move into the, the, the world of the wedding um, industry um, here in England. I got a lot of publications from magazine, You and Your Wedding and Brides uh, magazine and we, we would place adverts and we were getting featured and then the Adebergen's gowns were being used in the fashion editorials and it built up and built up from there. Um, to when I hosted my first TV show on Ben Television, on, which was called Style with Adebayo Jones. It's been quite an interesting journey, and um, the awards began to come in, the recognitions began to come in um, from different parts of the world, from England to North America to Nigeria to everywhere. Um, so I feel that there is quite a bit I can share with in the pursuit of passion and excellence. Um, considering and weighing through my own journey, I feel that there's a lot that one has to share um, to encourage somebody else who is thinking of starting and in letting you know that firstly, it's never too late to start. All you have to do is just to get started. Now, to the present, I believe that most of us are guided by most of us who dream and have an aspiration and a goal are guided by two wheels of life. There's a wheel of passion and then there's a wheel of fortune. Now the wheel of passion has just a minute number of us who, a minute number of people, just very small, um, who are able to follow the wheel of passion from quite an early age and be able to leave and excel and make so much money and find fame and fulfillment in whatever it is that the passion is. So if you take the David Beckham, he from a young age um, was training and it showed a lot of proficiency in football and with the right training and, and you know, luck on his side and you know, his skills been noticed, he was able to move and then you know, make a name for himself in the profession of football and, you know, um, also a lot of wealth as well and world recognition for his skills. If you look at Tiger Woods, I mean, he started, you know, playing golf from being trained by his uncle and dad from a very early age and he, he developed his proficiency from there and, um, and he turned out to be who we know him to be today. And if you look at, you know, whether it was Michael Jackson from quite an early age at the Bayonne States, they've been training, they've been in this wheel of passion for a very long time and they've trained and rehearsed and became so good at what they did and when opportunity came in into what has already been prepared for, it, the, the rest was just you know, this flow, it couldn't have been, I mean, a, a bed of roses, but it prepared the way because they were prepared and they had been trained, you know, um, in the area of the passion of which they showed um, a lot of talent as well. But this is just a small number. There are so many other people who are really 
gifted um, and who have a passion to do things but circumstances with life would probably not afford the, the opportunity to be able to start out in that area for now. So what do most people do? They take on jobs that will take care of um, everyday needs, so the bills and everything else that has to be taken care of with the hope of one day coming back to pursue this thing which stays passionate within them, which the flame keeps burning and they wouldn't really go away. So, and if you say to yourself, what exactly is my gift? I would look at it and say there is something that comes easily for you to do effortlessly. It is never a challenge. It is never a chore. You just enjoy doing it. And everybody else may find it difficult to do, but every time you put your hands to it, it just comes easy. And you, there's a, a, a degree of fulfillment that you get from doing it as well. And so I would say this is usually where you begin to pinpoint that area of where your gifting is and what you're passionate about. You keep talking about it every time you sit with people, you want to talk about it, you dream about it, you, you know, you, it just would not go away. Those are easy signs of recognizing these things that you are indeed passionate about. And then you say, oh, but it looks like the boat is sailed. Well, I would say that as long as you have breath, as long as you're leaving, as long as you're not dead, it's never too late to start. I'd like to share a little story with you, you guys, because um, I, I live in England in an area called Hertfordshire, and um, I, had, I had a lovely... In my old apartment, I had a really lovely neighbor. She had two young children and, you know, she lived right on top. And of course, because we lived in the same block, you know, we met each other and say hello. And we became um, good friends. But I noticed that she loved baking. From where I was, um, I would always smell fresh cake being baked every time. And I'm like, oh gosh, you know, that smells amazing. And because because we became friends, and before she would come and offer me a slice, and then some days she said, "Guess what? I'm going to bake today. What would you like? Chocolate cake or whatever?" And I said, "Oh wow, that's amazing! Yes, I like some as well." And then she would bake this cake and break it down. It was just the most tasteful, the most wonderful cakes you ever tasted. And one day I, I did say to her, "Do you know?" Do you have any plans concerning these cakes? And she said, plans? What plans? No, I just love baking. I said, you know, you could really turn this into a business because your cakes are good. And she, she was a bit astonished that anyone would like what she did so much and think that she could actually turn it into an enterprise. What more? Uh, an enterprise that could be profitable and I said look you know your, your kids go to school they have birthdays every time and you could start off maybe even with cockpit cupcakes or so and then you could do birthday cakes and, 
And then she she was really intrigued. And I said, you know, what's stopping you? She said, well, I never thought I was good enough to do anything like this or that anyone would want it outside of the home. Um, but she said, I like a skill though. And I said, what was that? And she did say that she didn't know the art of sugar crafting, which was the icing bit. And I said, so what's stopping you? Then get some lessons. And you know, she actually did go after we spoke. And she got enrolled in the evening classes in, in Hertfordshire. And then she started to master this sugar craft, you know. And by the time she was done, I mean, it was just amazing, the results. The skills and the passion that she had before with what she had learned from going to the classes, mastering the sugar craft, and then going on to do the level two, level three. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm pleased to inform you that today she is a professional chef, you know? And those are some of the things, a lot of the things that we take for granted, a lot of things that we enjoy doing. We never look at it as things that can develop into other things, maybe even businesses, maybe things that you know we can turn into an enterprise. We just look at it like it's something we enjoy doing until maybe we have the right person who might be willing to motivate us, to encourage us to take the next step and looking at it in another perspective, like, hey, this is a great skill. If you worked on it and got more training, then it can really blow into something that you never really expected. So what is the point? The point is there is always something in your hand to work with, and there can never be a perfect time. All you have to do is to make a decision to say, you know what, I am going to start on what I have and then look into how to develop it and have a plan and a strategy, a clear strategy on how to get started. But the key thing is to start. And you always have to start with what is in your hand. And like I said earlier, there's never a perfect time. Because if you say to yourself, you know what, I'll start when all the conditions are great. I'll start when I have all the money in the bank. I'll start when, you know, I have um, the, the free time that I need. You're not going to get started. And the worst thing you can do is to leave on the plane of procrastination. You never get started on nothing, nothing ever gets achieved. And then you, all you have is wasted opportunities and wasted time. And for anything that you want to do, if you really must do it, then you're going to have to create the time to fit into what you do and then remain consistent and be passionate about it. And that's how to get started. But you have to start with what you know what is in your hand and how are you going to get started the key thing though also is knowledge you need to get the right knowledge you need to get the right skill even though you know there are a lot of the times when learning how to do things properly the right way would really expand your knowledge it would expand your horizon it would give you a, a beautiful new horizon and view of how things can be done 
can be done in different ways that you never even thought. Increase your knowledge. And knowledge, I say, is everything. You have to join the skill train. Like the example I just spoke about with my neighbor who, who used to make the cakes. Even though she knew how to bake good cakes, she was self-taught. But going to the college, going to learn from the trainers, learning how to do things, the right measurements, the right mixtures, and even to expand out of herself from what she knew, it added a lot to what she knew and built her into who she is today. So, education, 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 training, is extremely necessary if you're going to put yourself in a position where you learn properly and then you increase your knowledge and your skill sets by putting yourself in a place that is equipped to do that for you. And while you do that as well, I say that it is important to get a mentor. Everybody that is going to go on a journey needs to affiliate themselves with someone who is really vastly experienced in that field and you 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 have your mentor and they can guide you and you can discuss with them plans and clear stages of where you're going and then you know check your progress and then you know this I cannot stress enough the importance of having a mentor in the field of whatever area of passion that you have decided to pursue. I remember in 1989, I was in a fashion um, college in London, and um, I read about um, a Nigerian lady who uh, Princess Fernandez then, Princess Abiola, and she had set up a shop on New Bond Street, and she was selling all those um, designer collections but she was also a creative person and a designer herself. And I remember reading and thinking, my gosh, I really have to work with her, you know? And I remember going to that shop almost every day after I left the fashion college in the afternoon and only to be told she's away, she's not there, she's traveled, she's... but the staff were always there, the manager. And then one day, I decided to stop by again and I did and she said you know what you're in luck today she's actually here and um, they took me down to see her and, and, I, and I went and that was the first time I met her she was quite an elegant lady you know dressed in you know all the fineries and jewelry looking so regal uh, on my desk and she interviewed me and asked me why I would like to work with them and I said look the minute I read about your shop and knowing who you are I just thought I have to work with you because I believe that there's so much I can learn from you and then she gave me an opportunity and I would go after college um, a few days and there were two days when I did the internship training with her and you would not believe what I learned from there. Textile manipulations, creating different ideas and things that I wasn't even aware of before that were being designed for clients because there were all this, you know, um, A-list of clients from all over the world that would come to the shop. And that was such an invaluable experience for me. 
at the end. So I can never stress enough the importance of having a mentor or having a place where you serve an apprenticeship so that you can learn and be exposed and increase your knowledge and skill sets because believe me, knowledge is everything. And then you may say, okay, I didn't have enough money to do it. You know, it should never be the reason why you don't start because as the saying goes, when there's a will, there is a way. So um, I remember when I was starting out and designing as well. And, you know, I would go to the stores in England like Joel and Sons. Um, and they were like, you know, the textile suppliers to Her Majesty. And then I would look at all the beautiful, beautiful, amazing fabrics, but they would cost a fortune. And I knew then, you know, in my student days that, you know, I could not afford those fabrics, but they, what I saw gave me ideas, as it were, uh, and I would dream, oh gosh, you know, what I would do if I could get only a meter of that and blah, blah, and then, you know what happened? I went back and bought whatever fabrics that I could afford, I took it back home, laid it on the table and thought, okay, how can I make this? into something similar to what I saw in the shops, but I cannot afford. And then I would lay down ribbons and I would lay down stones and beads and begin to lay them on the, some of these plain fabrics I've got, maybe uh, cheaper laces and stuff, and then begin to create and attach ribbons and stones and beads and all the fibers and, you know, embroideries. And that is where my love for creating fabrics came from so you can see how a disadvantage has been turned into what became an advantageous situation and every time i would read about myself in the press and they would say known for his exquisite and exclusive sumptuous fabrics you know i would i would just smile to myself because i know the source and the origin of how that came about it came about because I had to become innovative based on the fact that I couldn't afford to get my hands on the kind of fabrics I really wanted to use. So I had to learn to create the ones for myself, basically. And that's what I'm trying to bring out here, that even when you feel that you don't have enough of the resources, it should not be a setback, it should be something that should encourage you or encourage one to be innovative, you know, to think outside of the box and then to get out of yourself and to think, okay, if I can't have that, what can I do with what I have? So now I also want to talk about focus, focus, focus. It's a key thing and that, that one maintains focus on whatever the vision or the goal is and allow yourself not to be distracted by whatever happens because life usually would not give you what you want easily but rather sometimes it throws these obstacles your way and how you handle it how you get up every time you take a knock how you get up and give it another go another fight 
every time something comes to ask you or to question why you think you deserve success for this vision of yours you get up and give it another fight because you had a picture before you started and you saw the end of the vision and that is what prompted you to start and basically what you're doing you came right back to the beginning to walk the journey to get to the desired destination of what you saw at first so focus is key to have a resilience and a spirit that refuses to be down and to be beaten because you have a vision and a goal there was a picture that you saw and i would like to say that it is key to keep this vision as your focus for every obstacle every drama every little occurrence that wants to question why you should have it because the, the, the key thing is life is not fair and life is not, not sometimes most of the time not just going to let you have what you have without a fight you have to learn to fight you have to determine a, the develop a spirit that is determined a resonance that is unbreakable is the um, and a strength of character that gets up and fights every time you have a knockdown be innovative like i said you know keep thinking of what is going to make you different because believe me for anything that you want to do there are so many people outside with the same goals and the same visions what makes the difference what makes the difference really is that little extra about you what is going to make you different and stand out from the other what are you going to bring in innovatively that is unique and is different from what has been seen you know and what people have been doing as well and stuff so and then like i mentioned keep your eyes on the goal and then remember there's something else i'd like to say don't run anybody's race Take your eyes off what anybody else is doing. Look at people. Look at what they're doing, but that is not your goal. Your goal is to be fixated on your mission, on your vision, your clearly laid out strategy, your plans to educate yourself, to train, to keep developing, to not letting yourself be brought down by any obstacle that comes in, you know, your way or tries to knock you off your goal, off your post. and then not to judge yourself by the successes of others oh i started it with b and b has gone so far and look at where i am ah uh-uh. you must never do that everybody's journey is different everybody's journey is different and you go by your steps by the clear strategies that you know you've laid out for yourself because If you would be harsh enough to judge yourself by the other person, you may not have been exposed to the same opportunities and and not been exposed to the same opportunities as the other person is the reason why you need your own clear set of strategies, you know, and a clear path on an idea on your goal, how to get there and step by step information and clear path on riding your way through all those systems that you've put in place 
and getting to your destination and living your dream. Do you know, I always think if today I decided to stop being a designer and I decided to be a painter or run a restaurant or whatever, I would never have to wonder what it would have been like to have tried. And that is the greatest disservice that you can do for yourself. To have been given a gift. To have something that you're so good at. To have a passion that nags inside of you. An expression, a creativity, an idea. Something the world needs to experience from you. You know, to have all that and to take it to the grave. That is the greatest disservice you can do for yourself. And like I said, if you haven't started, there's never going to be a perfect time. If you're looking for when all the resources and the timings will be made perfect for you, I hardly think it's going to happen. So the best thing you can do, based on whatever circumstances you have, to come up with a determination to get started. And like Nike says, just do it get started lay down the plans have a strategy be determined be focused be resilient be strong be encouraged always and have the clear path following this vision this picture that you saw before you started that vision that would not go away all you have to do is start not to try not to try at all is indeed a great type of tragedy and we wouldn't want to end up there wondering what it would have been like. So I hope somebody's been encouraged by some of the points that you know I raised here in sharing my own journey um, of how I got started in the world of fashion and then the few pointers in encouraging you not to waste any time in getting started on your dream because like if not now when and there is never indeed a perfect time all you have to do is start and I hope you go out there if you haven't done so and leave your passion thank you very much <music>